second myth really is like, I am entitled because I sell, I am entitled to have everything taken care of for me. Part of, I think, the thing that creates a little bit of that entitlement that happens with salespeople is that they know that revenue generation is absolutely fundamental to everything that happens inside of a business. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't hear me wrong, production people. I'm not saying that you're not necessary. What I'm saying is, is that without revenue, we can't pay anybody anything to do anything. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown. This is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Nathan Thibodeau from Contractor Coach Pro and Top Rep Sales Training. And we have an event coming up soon in Minneapolis at Hook Agency. And Nathan, dude, what are you guys going to be talking about at this event? It's, it's actually Thursday, next Thursday, June 1 at Hook Agency. And it's like a one-day boot camp, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're calling it uh, Top Rep Boot Camp. And we, uh, it's going to be one day, it's going to be intensive. There's going to be a ton of information. It's going to be highly practical. Uh, and we are going to do it. There, there is going to be quite a bit of insurance focus because we know the genesis of a lot of the work that's going on in the cities, uh, in the Hudson area out there on the Eastern side, uh, is going to be uh, insurance driven. Okay. But that being said, we're also going to be teaching how to convert some of those insurance sales into retail, try to turn you into a real life salesperson who ups sells and charges for those upsells, puts on better systems, better products. Um, and so we're going to, you're going to have, uh, the wisdom of Chuck Toki, Jim Johnson, um, and my man, Dan Walrick, if you've heard about him, he's going to be out there too. Dan Walrick is the famed uh, uh, producer of 18.3 million uh, worth, in one year, yeah. worth of sales in one yeah. year, right? Like he's a, he, And he's, he's a great dude. He's a friend of mine. I've, Jim's known him for 20 plus years. I've known him for like six. Um, and so come Quick meet Dan. To, I just want to say thank you to our clients. Um, if you want to bring a group, I will personally get you a ticket, an extra ticket. So talk to me if you want to bring a group. Um, we have somebody that's just registered. That's like bringing 90 mm. people. There we um, go. Which I'm super excited about. And they're like limited first, seats too. first Americans. So shout out to you guys out of lacrosse. It's probably not the worst idea to fly in for this. If you're in the Midwest, but I like even just any of those cities where you can drive over here, it's just nice to have top rep close by. This is like one of the premier training, events and, and sales. And yeah, it's a quick version of it, but I just wanted to note that you guys uh, have an opportunity if you're in the Midwest. I, I strongly suggest uh, checking man, this out. You take, you take one day, one day to come here and it helps you sell one more job. I mean, come on. And that's the least of what we're going to do for you. And hookagency.com slash top rep for tickets. Let me know personally, if you're going to bring a larger group or you're trying to bring a larger group. We actually, I think it is max. I think there's like 20 tickets left. So do it today, do it now. And we're, wow. we're excited to uh, get into our main content as well. I'm looking forward to it. We're talking about dispelling common myths about salespeople. And really what it seems to come down to, as we've been talking about the hero sales culture is responsibility versus entitlement. Um, can you give people though, a little bit of the, background of how you got into this unique business of coaching and training, uh, roofing owners and sales leaders. 
Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm always excited to, I think you and I, Tim, have had lots of really great conversations, I feel like, and I'm, it's been more than one occasion I've thought, man, I wish we'd have recorded that. That was really, that was really yeah. good. So getting a chance to do that is really cool. Um, so for me, uh, I started out in the contracting industry, roofing specifically at 15 years old. Um, my dad was like, hey, it's really good to have a trade because no matter what you pursue in your life, you can always fall back on being an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter or whatever. And I just happened to know, unfortunately, some guys were in the roofing business. So that ended up being the trade that I that I went after. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm telling you, man, when you're a teenager, that job will turn you into a piece of wood. Like it's just so intense and so physically active and dangerous too, which as a teenager, I kind of got off on that a little bit. I thought that was really cool, like being up in the air. Plus, in Colorado Springs, when you're working on top of a roof, the view you have is outstanding. Like, it's really hard to beat. So, anyway, that's how I kind of got into the roofing industry. And then uh, a few years down the road, my dad and I started our own company. And uh, he and I ran a company here for 11 years together. Um, and then I, I kind of started just getting more interested about different angles of the business. Um, and I just randomly, not randomly, but I looked for a CRM for my company and uh, discovered AccuLinks. And Jim Johnson hap happened to be my sales guy for AccuLinks. And so I purchased AccuLinks as a customer. And then Jim and I continued to build a relationship and uh, I ended up going to work at AccuLinks. Um, if I remember correctly, I was like, it was an odd number. I was either the ninth or the 11th employee hmm. at AccuLinks. So you think about how many people they have there. I did not know that you guys both worked for AccuLinks. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, it's just, so we worked there for, he worked there for a number of years. I worked there for a number of years. Um, and while I was working there, I really started to get a sense of the, the B2B aspect. So as a contractor, I was working with homeowners, right? Um, and then at contract or at AccuLinks, I really started to get a chance to work with business owners. And I discovered that I really liked B2B interactions. I loved working with business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, and so I kind of, that's one of my favorite parts about my job, by the way, I love talking to entrepreneurs. I just like, I love the vibe and I feel like you learn so much every time you're like hanging out with them. Or yeah. I mean, those guys are crazy, no doubt, but, um, they are a lot of fun. There's usually a lot of energy to them. They're creative. Uh, sometimes they're kind of hard to keep keep track and straight. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, I think it was it was at that point at Aculinks I started kind of thinking, man, I really really like working with these guys. Um, and so I think at that point I started to think to myself, I think I would like to maybe get into coaching or consulting of some kind um, in working with folks. Uh, because as it turns out, I did a little bit of that when I was at AccuLinks, um, and I really found it wildly fulfilling. And so after AccuLinks, I started making career decisions based on generating and gaining experience um, that would allow me to know as much as I possibly could to serve people in this way. And then Jim Johnson and I kind of kept con kept contact with one another. He went off to start. Uh, his coaching firm and I kind of went off into a different, I went off into like the security contracting industry uh, just to try a different area of business, but also kind of still contractors. Uh, and then eventually Jim and I kind of came back together um, and we're working on some stuff and whatever that is five and a half years later, here we are. So. Um, so talk to me about, you know, 
you have three main parts of the hero sales culture. I'm going to, I'm going to quickly go through them. Cause I just want to like <laughs> do it. I want to tackle it from a different angle, but from what I understand there, there's like this, there's this myth of uh, salespeople being either braggadocious. Is it a myth? Braggadocious and self-absorbed or beat down and abused. Those are two <laughs> ways that they can be, but there's, there's more to it than that. So I think that's the myth, right? Um, there's, or that's the uh, that's there's, one. Component. There's more than two options. Maybe that's the way we would. Yeah, say. The more than two options. You don't have to be one of those. And then, Correct. second piece to the hero sales culture is not seeing the job correctly. Um, they're not. You know, they they should be responsible more than they are entitled. And then mm. the third component is the ideal is that they're a sacrificial leader inside of a business. And they're notorious for shirking responsibility and things like that. So I guess there's there's a lot of myths in there. And that's why I wanted to take this from the angle of the myth. But let's mm. talk about that like myth that you have to either be braggadocious and self-absorbed or beat down and abused. Because I'll be honest, even some good ones seem beat down and abused sometimes. Like we're tough on ourselves. And like, oh, I did 1.8 million, not 2 million. You know what I mean? Like there's like, there's people that get stuck in that like spot where they, it's never going to be good enough. And that's something entrepreneurs deal with too. Mm. Um, but then on the other hand, like, yeah, we all know the guy that's super self-absorbed that's good at sales. So how do you, how do you like navigate that? And how do you help people get past those? So the most common salesperson I see, especially in our industry is kind of that, um, braggadocious, self-absorbed, sometimes they're kind of greedy. Um, and, and, uh, they're really grand and they're verbose and they're salespeople, right? So they're always, they got a silver tongue and they're talking things up all the time. And they're just like, wait, Hey, Hey, you know, finger guns and all. Um, and they tend to make much of themselves all the time. And, that I think is actually kind of a component of of the kind of personality that you get from salespeople. Salespeople do we got they got we got to be outgoing. Yeah. We have to be confident. We have to have belief not just in ourselves but in in our abilities and um and in the product the that we're selling. Too. Like it's what's that? Like it, help, it helps helps us cope. Like ah yes, right? we're, we're playing a game in my mind. Like I think about my sales persona as like I want to be a sales sensei. You know what I mean? Like I'm like. I'm good. I have something to offer. Like I'm, I need to like kind of get myself up because that's not the way I would say I normally end up being, but I'm trying to get myself up. You know what I mean? We're trying to get ourselves up. So it's not like you're a bad person for right. having some of these qualities and being a little bit intense. It's just, you know, it's, you know, we're putting on a little bit sometimes I think with. Well, and, and there's like, like you it's not necessarily a bad thing because honestly, Sales with, with a lot of sales and depending on how you do your sales, like it's a numbers game, especially if you're somebody who knocks doors. If you knock doors, you know, it's just, it's a numbers game. Okay. And so sometimes that, that, that bravado and the ability to conjure that up inside yourself is what helps you to cope with, like you said, or overcome the continual no's that you hear. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it helps you to cope with the negativity that you get from being stereotyped by our society. Okay. Now, so on the one hand, salespeople have definitely earned the reputation that they have, but then on the other hand, individually, not all of us have. 
Yeah. So if you're a salesperson, you might be a really good salesperson. You might care. You might be loving. You might be honest. You might be all that things. And you're having this persona put on you just because you do sales. And it's not really your fault. But in yeah. general, sales has kind of earned a little bit of the reputation that you get. So yes, it's not necessarily that you're a bad person per se, but it's also oftentimes I think that's that's what you've been taught to do. What's and the, then what's on top, the, yeah. What's the third path here? If we can either go self-absorbed or beat down and abused, what's the third path? Well, for, for me, the third path is 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 to is to try and see yourself as part of. I think the thing that creates a little bit of that entitlement that happens with salespeople is that they know that revenue generation is absolutely fundamental to everything that happens inside of a business. So mm-hmm. don't. Don't hear me wrong, production people. I'm not saying that you're not necessary. What I'm saying is is that without revenue, we can't pay anybody anything to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people go, well, chicken before, there really is no chicken before uh, chicken before the egg question here. There is, it is sales, sales first. If we do not sell something, there's nothing to build and there's no money to pay anybody yeah. to build anything. And so I think when that identification comes along, people realize that's the truth. Then salespeople, that's, I think that's what feeds that entitlement that starts to come. And you got to like, yeah, if there's no revenue, the business, there's nothing. (laughs) And, and so then the money goes to that person and maybe more money than us as a salesperson even wanted to give. Right. Like, but they, but because they sold so much stuff and maybe we didn't think about our numbers enough at the beginning or something. Like you, you, you spending a lot of money and there's people that are okay. Salespeople making $150,000. Like, it's just like what happens kind of in a good year. You know what I mean? It's like, you're spending a lot of money and then you're like, man, you got bad attitudes. Like that's something <laughs> owners like are very used to having as bad attitudes, salespeople. And then, and like you're saying entitled. So yeah. like that, that brings us to the second myth really is like, I am entitled because I sell. I am entitled to have everything taken care of for me. Right. And so that is the second myth because that's Mm. not true. Right. You're telling us that's not true. I just think our salespeople are being a little bit of lead babies. Yeah, we don't say lead babies. It's okay for people to specialize in selling instead of canvassing and lead gen for themselves. We call them roofing sales professionals. Surprisingly, sales are way up as we've built heavier duty lead gen systems and let our salespeople be roofing sales professionals. What I'm, what I'm saying is this, okay? And everybody's heard this before. To whom much is given, much is what? Much is required? Required, expected, right? Yeah. The more money you make, the harder, the, the, the more should be expected of you. And so salespeople, here's the thing that you guys, many of you might know this, many of you might not. Generally speaking, salespeople are the highest paid people in the company. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sometimes higher than the CEO. Occasionally. Occasionally, you'll have a sales guy who makes more like on their own than the owner does. Okay. 
it's rare. Like I always tell people, like you show me a company that has rich sales guys, and I'll show you a company that's doing just fine, um, generally. Uh, but instead of viewing the amount of money we make and uh, and 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 how and how much more we make than other people as a reason to outwork everybody else. We use this, oftentimes we use this entitlement that we feel to try and act like everybody else should pick, should, should be picking up, picking up after us all the time. Like we should be, if we're the ones making the most amount of money, no one should be outworking us, period, hands down. Absolutely no one should be outworking us. Mm. We should be the ones who use any extra amount of time we have to help other people. We should be the ones who, who sacrifice some of our time, some of our money, some of our effort to help the company, to help the people who help us make that money. I think it's like it's easier sometimes as for people that got there through hustle. I think it's probably a little harder for some of those people that are just smart. <laughs> if you're like a smart, you know what I mean? Like I just like... I know because we pride ourselves because I pride myself on hustle because I wasn't the smartest guy. So like if I've achieved mm. anything, it's partly because I just applied more effort than right. the next guy. Outworked I everybody. I feel bad sometimes for the guy that's like actually smart because the like it, it does, you know, that's that's an advantage that puts you not in this position to know that you kind of got to show. It's not even that you just have to do the work. You also have to kind of show your team that you're doing that work. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like, it's it's like almost, I I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but it's like illustrating the fact that, you know what, look, look what I did. Like I am willing to go do these every single time, the 10 houses around, I'm going to knock those doors. I'm going to do it every time. Maybe you don't even need it because you're living, you could live off of referrals but the ideal is that you're probably setting an example too to the other salespeople about what we do to get the result. And that's why sometimes, you know, I don't want to leave at 4.30 at my job. I want to leave at, at 5 or later sometimes just because I want to show my team I give a shit. Well, there's this funny thing. I think ego, it's an interesting point you're kind of poking at here is there, I think ego plays a factor. Like there's this thing about us sales guys where we want, we would love for everything we do to feel to look and feel effortless by us mm. we yeah. want everybody to think that we're just smooth we're just that good yeah I, and here's the thing i don't know why yeah like, we're, like it's just we're just so good it's just not that hard okay yeah. you know you know what happens if you make your job look like that to everybody else they all none of them think you're worth the money you're making because they, they don't look at you and go, ooh, that guy's so good. What they do is they go, God, his job's easy. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. They go, man, anybody could do his job. Why don't I? I could just go be in sales. Well, so now some of us are better than others at the job for sure. Mm -hmm. But we should. I think you're right. We should demonstrate like how much work it is. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes production people don't realize this is that for every five clients that you are dealing with from a sales guy – if he's a good salesperson, he's talked to and dealt with at least eight to 10 people. Yeah. And if he's an eh sales guy, he's dealt with 15, 15 people he's worked with 
in order to get you the five that you're all pissed off about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So production people got to remember to keep that in mind, right? But the salespeople, we don't, the problem is is that like we don't necessarily talk about that or demonstrate that, or maybe the sales leaders haven't communicated that to some of the rest of the team. Is it like, look, man, I know that sales guy kind of walks around here like he owns the place, but I got to tell you, dude, he got his ass handed to him this week. As a matter of fact, he worked really hard this week, didn't close a single deal. You know what that means? He's not getting paid. Yeah, so, that's good. Mr. And Mrs. Production person or admin person, like if you worked 40 hours this week and didn't get a paycheck, what would you do? Yeah, this is so good. Like I, I have two things I think they'll add to this conversation that I want to go into our last myth. And I think these are, I guess, your last myth. I've got a couple that I kind of like. One myth I think of a lot, too. And this is a really obvious one, and I know most of the people watching this are not going to feel this way, but I think it's important to address. That sales is like a dishonorable profession. And I know that most people here hmm. know that. But I, I think we all have a little bit of a, a remnant of this, even if we've dispelled that myth for ourselves. Oh, like the this, myth is that sales is yeah. a dishonorable profession. Yes. Okay, yes. gotcha. I, I did, not, I did Nathan, not listen to that Nathan one. was like, I don't agree with this. But I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. No. <laughs> no I, I, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I believe that we all have a little remnant of this in our mind. And I, it was so important to me. I could not win at sales a lot until I deeply uprooted this part of me and like mm. took it out like a rotten tooth. You know what I mean? Because it is incredibly important, right? It's you, every business has to have some component of this. It has to be done well. And the better it's done, the better customers you'll have. And so that's an important myth to dispel. And most of us know this, but like, if you're not a salesperson, let's say you're an owner that that's that, that didn't come from sales or, you know, there's certain as like that, myth has to be like an almost like you have to lead your people out of that mindset, mm. including the people that aren't in sales. I think it goes along with what Nathan was just talking about. Like it, like it has to be like, we need everyone on the team to know how ridiculously important sales is. And we need them to trust and appreciate those people. Even if they have a little ego sometimes, like we, we, we need them to love those people. Ideally they don't, you know, top rep. We're doing top rep. It's great training. So you got to have that defined sales process. Check Toki specifically. I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company, but just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process to, in order to give you money. I like what you're saying. And here's, here, here's what, here's where I think this, this concept is is difficult okay mm-hmm. where this concept is difficult is the key the key to being an honorable salesperson i think is truly believing in in the product that you're delivering in other words like when i yeah. meet somebody and i'm like okay these people need what i have yeah. And we are, I just, I, I, I know we are the best option yeah. for them. Yeah. Now here's, here's my, here's my thing. Okay. I'm not the best contractor coach pro. Like I'm not the best option for everybody. I've had conversations where we, but what mutually just kind of were like, I don't know if, I don't know if we're a really great fit to work together. And the other person be like, yeah, I'm not so sure either. And I'll literally give them references to other people to go talk to. So, but when I meet somebody and I'm like, I know I can work with this person and I know we can help them. 
then then I have absolutely no guilt involved in 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 working towards um helping that person realize yeah. that truth. Now, if I didn't believe that, here, here's where the dishonorable part comes. If you don't believe that when you meet a good fit for your product who needs your product, when you meet that person, but you don't necessarily believe your product is any different than anybody else's, now you're wandering into that potential mm -hmm. disc because, because you don't really, you believe that you guys could do it. Then the only motivation is not that that person needs what you have and you're the best option. It's that you want their money more than the next guy. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you've crossed into this like, Ugh, somewhat murky moral waters. And that's that's where I think like salespeople. What do you do in that case? Where where you don't? You know, you're working somewhere where you don't. I would propose you help fix the company, like and 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 or find a new one. But the point is, is like I believe sales when it can should affect service. You know what I mean? Like if if we decided that we keep on, you know, if they're a sponsor, so whoops, but like we keep on messing up bushes and like we decided like, I want, you know what? Like I'm going to advocate for our team to start using the catch-all. Like, yeah. I, oh, yeah. To, I, I know it's not the jurisdiction of sales, but I'm going to push in to try, like, it's not like you can go do all the work yourself every time. Like I'm not going to go nail the shingles if I'm the sales guy, but I am going to like see what else we could do to stop some of these complaints that I've been hearing. And I'm personally like, I'm, I'm taking extreme ownership over, even though it's not the jurisdiction of sales, I'm going to say, like, let's do this. Let's make this mm -hmm. change. Like bring that's in some ownership. ownership. Yeah. Bring in exactly. some ownership. And I, if you are struggling with belief, like, cause to, to that point, and that's a good question. You said, well, what do you do if you're struggling with that belief? I think there's a couple of things that you would do. If I'm a salesperson, I'm struggling with, like I kind of feel like my only motivation to sell this person is I want their money because mm -hmm. I don't think we're really any better than anybody else. There's just you have kind of have two options here, mm -hmm. maybe three. A, which is probably the best one, you need to go learn about the company you're working for. You need to go talk to the owner. You need to go talk to your direct report. You need to go talk to production. You need to go talk to these people and get a sense of why they're doing what they're doing and what they're passionate about and then and then how they do what they do. And if you get a, a feeling for the interworkings of what we're doing, you might start to go, actually, man, we are really good. We yeah. do we do do this better than other people. Our yeah. product is better than others, and I do now believe in it, right? If it, and now all of a sudden you have that belief, then I think to your point, maybe you have some ideas around how how we can increase that, and then that's creating buy-in in myself. You'll become a better salesperson if you do that, and you walk away with no more belief than you had to, to begin with. Then either a you're going to have to remain in those murky moral waters or B, you need to go find a place you believe in to yeah. get out of them. I, it's so funny because you just really reminded me of a sales guy that I worked with that was terrible. <laughs> and he would always like, I would sit in on his calls. Like this is when I was basically in production, marketing production. So it's a little different, but sure. And he would sell it and it was completely inaccurate what he was selling. It felt like he didn't believe in it but he was trying to put a coat of paint on the top of it. That's what it felt like he was doing. Mm, yeah. But like, it's like he was putting like, let's say blue paint on it when the product was actually red and it's like very good. You know, like the point is, is like, 
he didn't know enough to know we were really good. <laughs> like yeah. I, I like, and I was incredibly passionate about the service. So I was like, I could sell this better than you dude. Cause you, you don't believe in it. And I do think there is a certain, like, this is a separate subject, but I, I, I agree 100%. I was just agreeing. There's one last myth that I want to go after, or not even myth. This is just like, I think it relates and is maybe a tip, which is, I think there should be a little bit of uh, separation, like between like the sales and production thing. And you may just like, like I said, you may disagree, but like, I think there needs to be compartmentalization sometimes. And this goes against, what I was just saying with response, you know, with responsibility and extreme ownership, but like, you don't want all your production people constantly telling the salespeople about every little problem that ever happens. Oh, like I, I sure. think that that happens sometimes in companies. And it's like, you got to watch that. Like as an owner, as you're setting up your company, it's almost like there, there should be like an office over here and an office over here that are actually like separated from each other physically. And they don't need to come like there shouldn't be a vent that sales can hear all of the production problems all the time. I so I'm going to agree with that. Basically, 100 percent there there it, the membrane between those two organisms inside of your organization. That wall that you have is your leadership. Mm -hmm. That's your leadership. Yeah. And you should not generally have these people firing salvos back and forth with one another between those things. A couple yeah. of reasons. Number one, they will go to war. There's just no way around <laughs> it. Okay. And some of you are already experiencing that yeah. or have in the past. Okay. The other reason is, you know what? Sometimes crap goes wrong and production people are pretty notorious for constantly focusing on what went wrong. If that gets through to the sales guys consistently, you might be rattling their confidence in what we do. Because yeah. you know what? Think like things go sideways all the time. Wrong color here. This thing got bent. This thing happened over here. Oh, we have to fix this. Or customer wasn't happy with this. Whatever. Like it happens all the time. Doesn't and mean you're not the best. You're still. It doesn't mean you're not the best. You still right? might be the best in your city. Like those things happen to even the best. So we still have all these amazing reviews. You want your salespeople to constantly have that confidence in their team yeah. and in their people. And and yeah, you're right. Like really, you don't want a bunch. You don't want. Now, here's here's where I will say the the caveat that I have to that, okay? Yeah. The caveat that I have to that is salespeople need to know when their ineptitude is causing problems for production. There you go. There you go. But it's like yeah, that's that's like a really you, you didn't do you didn't take enough pictures, you didn't make take the right notes, yeah. you didn't communicate what the customer's yeah. needs were properly, you didn't do your checklist as a salesperson correctly, yeah. and now somebody in production has got to pick up all your slack. You should know that because you just yeah. made a $20 an hour employee's job harder and they make a third of what you do. Yeah. That's really really good. And it's um you know, being able to share those things back without like coming down so hard. I'm well, that's leadership. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say, like I said, once again, that membrane that separate, you don't have your, you don't have your, uh, your field project manager walk into the sales department and start blasting everybody. No, no, no. Production manager has a conversation with the sales manager mm -hmm. and then the sales manager disseminates what those needs are. And that is, okay. okay. You don't have, you don't just have random people going back and forth and blasting each other between these departments. So I'll put this as a myth. The last one we've got is that we can shirk responsibility, right? Like we can, sh we can shirk, you know, if it, like, because we're making so much money happen, 
you know, that job being unprofitable or those photos not getting taken, you know, that's, that's the price you pay for having an awesome sales guy like me, you know? Right. Yeah. You're such a great salesperson that you're selling jobs that don't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> we're great. Like good job. That's, so that's what's, what's the opposite of what's the opposite of that. The, okay, so here's the opposite of this, and I and I don't know if you if you guys have some of you may have heard my hero sales culture talk. Some of you might not. If if you want to really get a feel for this thing, um, we actually I actually have an entire podcast I did on the hero sales culture yeah. over on Contractor Radio. So if you want to hear kind of my full take on this, it's over at Contractor Radio. It's called the Hero Sales uh, Culture. So not trying to sell anything, but if you want to hear yeah. where this came from, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's where I kind of like was thinking about this. So, yeah. So here's, here's the thing that I learned. What I learned is that if instead of viewing myself as this revenue generating animal that everybody has to have inside the company so that everybody can live and therefore they should all bow down to me. What I figured out is everybody else's job in that company depended on me. And this was taught to me by a guy at a different at a different company years and years ago. The like their ability to have a job and their ability to do their job is based on how well I do mine. So in other words, if I'm doing a really crappy job at my job, somebody else might get a bad review from their boss because of how much extra work they have to do because I suck. Hmm. And they may they might miss their raise. If I don't sell enough, if I sell just enough, I'll keep my job. That's not that hard. But if I don't sell enough, somebody else might lose theirs because the company didn't grow or can't afford to have that extra admin person or that production assistant because now we're down on revenue and because I cost less as a salesperson, I cost less than the revenue I generate, it's not going to hurt me. They're not going to get rid of me, but they will get rid of somebody that contributes to the overhead. And so if you're able to look at the company and go, holy cow, these people all depend on me. And instead of saying, well, then they should serve me. You say, I should be serving them. That's why I get this big, stupid paycheck that everybody wants to put up on Facebook. $28,000 commission check for this month. Woo, way to go, right? I'm the one getting that check. That should cause me to go, man, I have got to serve the people who've helped me get that. And if you can actually do that, here's the thing that's amazing. If you can get that mindset into your brain, not only will you probably end up better at your job, the people around you will love you. When you take personal responsibility for how well they can do their jobs because of you, they will love you. They will follow you. They will help. Like you randomly need something from them that isn't really their job, but they know that you constantly have them in mind when you do everything that it is that you do and try to help them be better. They, you'll have people lined up to give you a hand, but yes. nobody wants to help you when you're a dick. So like, if if you if you if you adopt I call I call it the hero sales culture. You adopt the sacrificial hero, the sacrificial leader mindset that that company's not there to serve you. You're there to serve that company, and that's why you make so much freaking money. Hmm. Oh my goodness, your people, your team, they will fall all over themselves to help you.
It's amazing that when you when you adopt that mindset, that's how you dispel the myth that salespeople have to be that way. But here's here's where I think the problem is. I don't think like me. I don't think most salespeople have ever had that thought conveyed to them before. Hmm. They've been told, hey, you got to be the cock of the walk. You got to be blah, 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 blah. And, and they've actually been taught that yeah. rather than, hey, how about how about you be a hero rather than the villain of the company? Yeah. I, I think it's nice to just have like an archetype to try to live up to. I'm not even really full time. I don't do that much sales, but I want I want to be that sacrificial leader. Shit, that yeah. sounds good. Like it's nice to have like kind of an archetype to try to be, you know what I mean? And I think like I, I would totally understand how that would make your life easier if you're a salesperson taking this route. Um, I It isn't a super long podcast, so we're going to wrap up. Um, Nathan, obviously, if they need to, if they'd like to chat with you and um, Contractor Coach Pro or Top Rep, how can they get a hold of you? So definitely check us out at the website, contractorcoachpro.com. Um, you can find Contractor Coach Pro on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You can find me, Nathan Thibodeau, uh, at all three of those platforms as well. And you can reach out to me directly. Uh, you could send me an email if you want. Uh, my email is pretty easy. It's coach at contractorcoachpro.com. Um, I'd be happy to talk with any of you uh, in any way that I possibly can. Uh, we also have toprettraining.com yeah. is the website for uh, our, our, our uh, sales training uh, uh, program. And Top Rep has an event at Hook Agency ah. June 1, so this yep. next Thursday. So um, this is going out on Friday, so this next Thursday, if you're in Minnesota, check it out. Um, we'd love to have you. I think there's not a ton of tickets left, but... No, we don't oh. have a ton of room. The max yeah. room where you are... Your hook agency is gracious yeah, yeah, yeah. us for this. We, like, we can it's take... It's like 60 max, so like it's yeah, kind 60 of... Yeah, 60 max, so... Normally, if you're in the cities, yeah, yeah. If you're in the cities area, anywhere around there, or even into into Wisconsin, um, and you're hearing this, we have a small handful of tickets left um, to to fill the, the rest of that room up. And once it's full, we're done. Like we literally cannot put any more people in that building, or the fire marshal might show up and tell Tim we got to shut the whole thing down. So here's the thing. We know that you guys just got whacked a couple of times in a row. We know that there's a ton of work going on. Um, that's why we wanted to do something in Minneapolis specifically for you folks that are there. Uh, and it is going to have some insurance focus to it because we know that's kind of the vein that most of this work is running through uh, rather than necessarily retail. But we'd also like to teach some of you guys who are basically used to the insurance component how to how to convert a job into a retail sale and actually turn you into a real life salesperson. So if you're in the area, please check us out. It's going to be Top Rep Boot Camp. Um, you can find uh, links to it on all the social media channels. I think Tim will probably throw a link to it in this at the end of this podcast. Yeah, actually, if you just put in hookagency.com slash top rep, you'll go right to the sales page Perfect. for this event. Um, and thank you guys for watching. The podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hook agency all over social. Nathan, you are an incredible guest. Thank you so much for sharing thank your you. wisdom. Absolutely. All right. See you.